Hey, welcome to episode 12 of the Fit Life Formula Podcast. My name is Brian Sippitz. Uh, I'm the founder of Advantage Strength in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Today, I am in the car with my best buddy, Matt Katie, and uh, we're on the way down to Miami University for our hockey reunion weekend, and um, just figured, you know, we were talking shop anyway, uh, so we might as well record a podcast and get some information to you guys out of it. So, uh, the Fit Life Formula Podcast is a show for the members of Advantage Strength and uh, anybody else who's interested in living a, an active, uh, vibrant, you know, healthy life all the way uh, until their later years. And, um, you know, one of the things that we're talking about now, particularly after last weekend and this week to a certain extent, is, you know, the heat and uh, the heat outside and the temperature and the humidity and how all those things can kind of combine to to be dangerous for a lot of for a lot of people particularly if you're active outside you know if you have a a a landscaping job or something that's active outside construction anybody who spends time in this kind of climate um, is you know particularly at risk especially here in Michigan when we don't experience this sort of heat that often but um, so we'll be talking about you know working out and and working out when it's hot outside when there's uh, even hot inside and hopefully getting you guys some valuable information there. First, just to give you a little bit of background on Matt, like I said, um, Matt and I have known each other for, man, over 20 years now. We went to high school together. We went to Miami together, played high, uh, played hockey there together. And uh, after after we graduated, uh, I moved to Chicago. Maddie went to Denver to uh, be a graduate assistant out there, then came back to Miami to get his master's degree and work with the hockey team. So Matt was a head strength and conditioning coach for the hockey team and several other teams at Miami uh, for eight years after uh, after school. And then after that, had an opportunity to head down to Destin, Florida and uh, spend time on an army base there working what we call tactical strength and conditioning. And so tactical strength and conditioning is uh, not not you know not athletic or performance strength training or training but uh, tactical is the you know armed forces any law enforcement uh, fire uh, firemen and women and uh, just anybody in sort of that law enforcement military and fire uh, area these are they are athletes in a sense. They they you know aren't on TVs on aren't on TV on Sunday, but um, need to use their body. And a lot of times, their bodies have been worn and used and broken so much that um, you know there's now an entire field that's exploding for you know professionals who can help them train their bodies and keep their bodies healthy. So Matt had a chance to do that and uh, spent three three years down in Destin and uh, now lives up here by us. We're fort- I'm fortunate to have uh, my best buddy 20 minutes away. Uh, his wife came back uh, to her hometown, which is Celine, and uh, so now we live close to each other. And so, uh, Maddie, thank you so much for coming on and uh, agreeing to record this. Maybe it's outside your comfort zone, but uh, we're happy to have you and happy to re- record a conversation here. Thanks for having me, Brian. I'm excited to uh, sit and chat about uh, heat acclimatization, heat training a little bit. Yeah, and so the reason this came up, number one, last weekend was just ridiculously hot and uncomfortable, and uh, you know this week's a little bit more of the same. And to go along with that, Matt also just published an article 
in uh, the magazine for O2X, which is a performance company uh, that he does a lot of presenting for. Uh, and it's they're more on the tactical side, dealing a lot with, especially with firemen. Uh, but just published an article about heat uh, training in the heat and how you can prepare yourself for that, which I thought, you know, leads in nicely to what we're experiencing right now. So there are a few key things that we need to think about when it comes to training in the heat. Um, but before we get to that, Matt, talk a little bit about your experience in, in Destin and what it's like working with, you know, with the armed forces. And then not only that, um, you know, I think there's a lot of connections between, the armed forces, training the armed forces, and you know the the people that we have at advantage. So talk about that connection too. Yeah, there, there's definitely a connection because obviously you know I, I worked in the college setting with college athletes for eight years, and obviously that that population is you know kind of 18 to 24 years old, and then you start working you know start working with the military population, and and now my average age client was you know 27 to you know on up, you know, to, to 50 years old or whatever. So, uh, there's definitely a connection there. And, you know, unlike professional athletes, you know, the, the tactical athlete population or, or the, you know, the, the kind of population at advantage strength is a much older population. And, you know, you can't work for, you know, for five years as a professional athlete and then get to retire. Um, you know, you have to, uh, there's much more of an, a longevity piece, uh, to the training and, you know, all of the things that, uh, that you guys work on, on a, you know, talk about on a daily basis, you know, eating right and train, you know, doing a, you know, a periodized program that works for you and, you know, doing all of these, you know, sleeping well and maintaining your stress levels and doing all of these things will help you continue not only to perform in your job, whatever that job is, but also help with your overall lifestyle and, you know, the, the energy that you can put forth to your family and kids and just the, the things that you like to do as hobbies, you know, for kind of the rest of your life. So, um, you know, so there, there are definitely connections, but, you know, getting getting to work with the military population was, was a lot of fun for me. I mean, I, I really enjoyed the college athletes, uh, but I felt like this was a, a good opportunity for me um, to give back to a population that obviously gives so much for the rest of us on a daily basis. You know, they're laying their life on the line, you know, when when the fire breaks out, whether it's, you know, actual fire or gunfire or whatever, they're running towards it and all of us are, are running away from it. So, um, you know, it just felt like a, a, it was a great population to work with and uh, it, it fit pretty well with my personality. You know, we uh, we definitely had some, you know, some, uh, some moments where I, I tried to go toe-to-toe with some guys and had some conversations, <laughs> but, you know, we, we shook hands and uh, hugged it out afterwards and ended up on the same page you know, once we uh, kind of talked it out a little bit. So uh, it, w- it was a great group of guys uh, and, and females to work with um, down there. And, and like you said, Brian, you know, my, my wife's from Celine. So, you know, being in Florida 16 hours from Michigan was uh, was a little too far from home. And I'm, I'm very thankful to be to be back up this direction in, in the current position that I'm at at, uh, at Total Performance. Uh, yeah, so now that we're here, Matt works at Total Performance, which is in Wixom, and uh, working primarily with athletes. They do have an adult population there, too. But, um, yeah, I bet you've never uh, kind of considered yourself, not you, Matt, but, you know, the whoever's listening, you know, you can kind of draw comparisons there between, between you know, the elite operators, the elite military, and, you know, your needs as well. And what we talk about a lot of advantages 
and on this show, the Fit Life formula is you know maintaining that healthy lifestyle and maintaining the ability to move and stay injury free and and uh, all of that. So there are a lot of parallels there, and the training looks a lot alike. Um, basically, what we're looking for is you know maintaining mobility, maintaining strength in the right areas, and uh, moving functionally and, and all those things. So lots of uh, lots of parallels there, even though it seems like a completely different population. So um, let's get into this heat training thing because obviously the, the people that you've worked with in the past, Matt, and, and uh, to a certain extent us, we can't control Mother Nature. We can spend more time indoors and in all that and in, in uh, you know, air-conditioned climates, but to a certain extent the people that you're used to working with don't have that luxury. They're sort of, they're sort of put in those positions where they're going to have to be able to tolerate the heat. Um, and so for us last weekend, particularly where we were put in a position where we have to be able to tolerate the heat. And even if you're in a air conditioned area, you're still getting a lot more humidity, a lot more heat than you're used to. Um, and that can really have a, an effect on your body. So I'm sure, you know, people sort of shut it down for the, for the weekend and sort of expelled or expended as little energy as possible. But, um, let's talk a little bit about training in the heat and we'll start with, you know, the, the first things first, you've got to sort of be used to it before, before diving into heat. Talk a little bit about acclimatization and, and sort of how you can do that, you know, even, even here in Michigan. Yeah. I mean, th- those populations, you know, again, my, the, the military guys, uh, in, in Florida and, you know, the, the fire populations that I present to, um, you know, they, again, like you said, they don't have a choice of, of going away from that, that heat, you know, so the, from the, the acclimatization aspect, you know, it, it, if you can do it, which, Hey, if you haven't done it yet, it's already going to be 95 degrees today, you know, a little too, you know, too little, too late. You might want to stay inside today, but, um, but if you can, you know, try to give yourself like any periodized program, you know, you kind of start slow and, and kind of stair step your way up, you know, and continue that progressive overload, that sort of thing. But, you know, kind of give yourself two to four weeks of, uh, you know, kind of acclimatizing and getting used to that hotter temperature. And again, obviously, if you can do that, if you're in a, a climate, you know, like we are here in Michigan, where, you know, two months ago or a month ago, it wasn't that hot, you know, just try to wear warmer clothes, you know, maybe put on those sweats and sweat that sweatshirt uh, and go out for your run or your workout, you know, to really, you know, get that body sweating and, and kind of get used to feeling hotter than it has been uh, up to that point. You know, spending, you know, 30 minutes or so in a sauna, again, kind of helps your body get used to that higher temperature. Um, like I said, wearing warmer clothes, you know, if you have a, a training plan, you know, like if you're on a running plan or something like that, where you are doing things outside and you have harder days or easier days listed, you know, listed in your workout, you know, consider, you know, those, your hard day, like, you know, use one of those hot days um, as like as a hard day. It may not doesn't necessarily be one of your harder workouts on paper, uh, but because it's already hot outside, it's going to be a harder workout. So kind of consider that as one of your harder workouts, you know, as you're as you're kind of progressing in your plan. So you know, some of, doing doing some of those things on the front end uh, can obviously help you uh, get used to it and, and and be a little bit better off for it. When again, when that 99 degree day does hit with the humidity and everything. Um, and then, you know, that'll kind of lead into the hydration aspect, which we'll just talk about in a second. But, you know, staying hydrated and, and eating the right things and doing all those sorts of things will obviously help with that acclimatization period as well. 
Well, and like I said, for us, we don't necessarily, we're not, we're not training to be in the heat, right? So acclimatization may not be a thing that we're so interested in. I think it sort of naturally happens. You know, I remember in, even in mid-June, we were outside in hoodies. Um, so, and it's sort of progressively gotten warmer since then. So we've, you know, here in, in where we are, we've been getting warmer and warmer and warmer. So I, I feel like we get a little bit of that natural acclimatization, but, um, I think for, for most of us, that's not really, a, that's not really a, a goal necessarily. Like we're, we're almost dreading the hot days cause we just kind of have to, to deal with it. We don't have to necessarily operate in, in those conditions. So now that we're here and we've got the super hot weather, what are some things, let's say we haven't been acclimat, like acclimatizing and, and getting used to the hot weather. What are some things that we need to worry about or that we should be thinking about when it comes to working out when it's, when it's hot outside? Uh, so, I mean, again, de- definitely be, be smart about it. I mean, that's, that's kind of the, you know, you're like, oh yeah, obviously I need to be smart about it. Well, you know, make, make sure you're, you know, if you, if you haven't been, you know, used to the heat or you're not training in it or, or, or that sort of thing, you know, don't just decide to go for a run, uh, you know, at, at five o'clock this afternoon when it's going to be 95 degrees outside, you know, be, be smart about it in, in that sense, you know, but things that you can do to definitely help yourself is, is staying hydrated. You know, hydration is, is huge. You know, just, you know, you don't, you don't think about it, uh, necessarily to this drastic, uh, effect, but as little as 1% fluid loss can decrease your aerobic capacity. So like how far you can run or walk or kind of continue uh, at a constant pace for a while, you know, just 1% fluid loss can affect that. And uh, a 3% fluid loss can affect your muscular endurance. So again, that we're not talking very big numbers here. Um, and obviously that, that that's going to affect your performance and just kind of your daily output. So obviously, Brian, you work with some you know, some of the people you work with, you said, you know, do landscaping and do construction and do things like that. You know, obviously you have to be able to perform and you are doing, you know, some manual labor and lifting things and moving things around, you know. So if you're not staying hydrated, you know, that just those little changes can really affect your performance. Uh, and, and again, you may not even know that it's happening, you know. So again, it, it, you know, some ways that you can help yourself to stay hydrated, like, try, you know, weigh yourself before your workout or before you kind of start your day and then weigh yourself after. And for every pound you lose, you know, I saw that you put in your, your email, your newsletter yesterday, Brian, you know, that, uh, it's hard. It's not, you know, there isn't an exact formula and and that's definitely right. But, you know, kind of a good way to look at it is for every pound lost, you know, so again, you weigh yourself before you weigh yourself after for every pound lost, think about trying to drink 16 to 24 ounces of of some kind of, of fluid, you know, so obviously water is a very good option, but if you've been, you know, outside sweating for a long period of time, make sure that fluid will also include uh, electrolytes. So, you know, something similar to a Gatorade, since everybody knows what that is, you know, something similar to that where, you know, you're replacing, uh, you know, different electrolytes. Sodium is obviously the biggest one. Uh, because when you're losing sweat, if you're just drinking water, you're not replacing those things, you know, those electrolytes again, and you need to continue to replace those, uh, as well. Um, if, uh, you know, if you're outside for a longer period of time, or again, if you are training, you know, for something and, and whatever that training aspect is long, you know, uh, longer than 90 minutes, 
try to plan your hydration. And by that, I mean, you know, you could set an alarm on your watch or something, you know, so it's not just drinking when you're thirsty, uh, you know, but you're trying to think about drinking like four to 10 ounces of, you know, some electrolyte based fluid every 15 to 20 minutes, you know? So again, four to 10 ounces, like that's not that much, um, you know, per, per drink, per session, however you want to look at it, you know, but basically, you know, take a, take a quick second, take a couple big gulps of whatever that is you're drinking and kind of keep up with that hydration level. Well, I mean, four shots or four, four ounces, that's two shots. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> so if that's that how you, easy, right? <laughs> if that's how you think of the, uh, how you think of things in terms of shots, it's two shots, two shot, two shots of Gatorade is what you you're looking for. And I, I think, you know, just to uh, back up just a little bit there, Matt, I, I think, uh, in the athletic population and in the military population, we're used to hearing that kind of weight loss. I know there are a lot of people that are, you know, frustrated because they, they can't lose a pound in a lot of, you know, athletic settings. And, you know, personally, I used to lose eight to 10 pounds in a practice uh, just because, you know, through sweat loss, through fluid loss, and then you end up, you know, replacing that uh, at, at the end of practice when you're you know, throughout the rest of the day, drinking lots and lots of water. So, um, you know, we're kind of used to in that athletic population, we're used to losing pounds and pounds just based on sweat loss. Maybe you don't experience that. Um, but basically what we should be looking for is making sure that, you know, take, take a look at your next pee break, take a look and, and just see what it looks like. It should look like light colored lemonade, uh, sorry if I'm getting ahead of you here, nope. Matt, but and, and not like apple juice. Yeah, not. Yeah, if you if you looks like apple juice, then you've got some work to do in terms of in terms of hydrating. And like Matt said, um, there is you know we say performance, uh, but you might just think you know daily life, right? So if you have stuff to do, let's say you're working in the yard, or you know you you do have a manual job where you're spending time outside. Uh, not only physical performance, but also men- mental performance will drop as your, you know, as your hydration levels drop. So that's something to keep in mind too. Uh, and something I'd also like to add, even though you're inside, you know, obviously if you're working out at Advantage, we're inside. It's uh, 65 degrees most days of the year, uh, but we do get considerable amounts of humidity. And uh, Matt, are you going to talk about humidity and sweat or should I do that? Um, we, yeah, I mean, if, if you're, if that's where you were going, we can, we can definitely talk about that. I mean, uh, you know, you, you mentioned in your newsletter yesterday, you know, when it, when it is more humid, you know, and when the dew point is up like it is right now, you know, the, the air is more saturated with fluid. So when we, you know, when we are, you know, our body sweats to, to cool ourselves. So when there's more fluid in the air that our fluid doesn't have anywhere to go and it, do, it makes it harder for ourselves to cool. Yeah. And so, you know, on humid days, it feels like you're just sweating buckets, um, and not really feeling much cooler. That's why humid days feel a lot hotter because you're, you are sweating, but because of the humidity in the air, the, the sweat on your skin isn't evaporating and cooling you like it normally would on a, on a drier day. Uh, so that's why, you know, you feel like you feel like you're not getting any cooler. So uh, on the hydration side of things, especially when it's humid like this, make sure that, that you are, you know, taking in enough fluids to account for that. Um, oh, and so like I was saying, if we, even if you're working out inside, there are definitely sweaty days in the gym where you, you might stop at one point and think like, wow, I'm sweating a lot more than I typically do. Uh, and so 
Um, you know, that could be because of the humidity. That means you're losing extra fluids. That means you need to replace extra fluids. So use the, uh, use your potty breaks as, uh, an easy way to kind of tell if your hydration levels are, are high enough. Again, we're looking for like light lemonade at the darkest and, um, anything up through, you know, basically clear will be, uh, will be a good indication that you are at a very good level of hydration, uh, for, for the day. Um, we got one more thing to talk about, right? Yeah, just, you know, I mean, the, the, oh, kind yeah. of the last, the last piece of this, um, you know, again, other, other than the hydration and, and again, you know, you can get those fluids from obviously eating as well, you know, where, you know, obviously lots of vegetables have uh, a lot of fluids in them, but, you know, just kind of doing the, the, those things to kind of stay ahead of the curve, but also your clothing can help a lot. And, you know, working with the military and the tactical population, they don't have that option, right? You know, so all of these other things that we're talking about, you know, from a training aspect and a hydration standpoint and all those other things is even more important for them. Um, you know, and, and Brian mentioned earlier, like, obviously we're talking about performance, but, you know, again, just for, for you guys, that, that, that means, hey, like that, that's what we are doing. You know, Brian and I aren't competing in anything anymore. You know, so now our performance is like, you know, us us doing our yard work or, you know, moving gravel around or mowing our grass or, you know, cutting down trees or pulling out roots or whatever, whatever that may be. And that is probably what the majority of you guys are, are trying to stay fit enough to be able to do as well or, or play with your kids or whatever. Right. So that is our performance. So these things definitely, you know, link together, um, you know, to again, like that, that, that higher performing population and tactical or, or athletic um, performance. But you know, from a clothing standpoint, um, you know, if you can wear lighter, looser colored clothes, uh, that, that would be beneficial for you, you know, so light, light shades, um, you know, white, light grays, you know, that sort of thing, light blues, whatever, like that's going to be beneficial and loose fitting clothes, uh, will also kind of help that sweat aspect because the breeze will get underneath those clothes and kind of continue to, uh, to cool you versus like a, a tight fitting, you know, compression shirt or, or something like that yeah and other ways you can kind of do this too and and i mentioned this in my email the other day um like a cooling towel and something you know they have a lot of materials now that you can get it wet and it stays very cool putting those on places of your uh, on your skin that tend to carry more heat which tend to be the same areas that you would uh you know, take your pulse. So a cooling towel over the wrist, um, you know, on your carotid artery, under your, under your chin there, uh, even the, the, you know, the back of your neck in your armpits, uh, your groin, you know, putting a cooling towel in those areas helps you cool much faster because what your body, what your body does, uh, you know, when you get hot to keep your core temperature low, it will open up the blood vessels in your like extremities and in especially you know in your face that's why that's why when you uh get working out and it's really hot or you get really hot your face gets red um because uh, all those blood vessels are opening up and your body is actually taking more blood to the surface so that it can get the the cool uh, the cool surface from like your skin where your sweat has been. Um, and that's how it cools your blood and keeps your core temperature low. So by sort of helping out with that, by using like a cooling towel or even your water bottle, if you've got a nice, like icy, sweaty water bottle, uh, putting those on the cooling points, um, that I mentioned before, kind of anywhere you would be able to take your pulse or the back of your neck. Um, those are going to be ways to help you too, that aren't, you know, that don't require just like, you know, 
dousing yourself with a cup of freezing cold water. And that's another way, like a cold shower helps out, helps to lower your, bring your body temperature back down. Oh, and that's another thing I was going to talk about too. Uh, if you are, if you're doing like, uh, interval training, you're going to have that elevated body temperature hours after your workout. And so I think I mentioned this in my email, if you're planning on going, you know, outside later tonight, say you're going out for a dinner or something, you're going to sit outside or, or whatever, anywhere you're going, really your body temperature is still going to be elevated after your workout, particularly if you've done a circuit class with us. Um, so by, uh, taking a cold shower or finding a way to cool down, even in the bath, like something that is as cool as you can tolerate it, maybe even like take your breath away cold. Um, that will help also maintain, you know, maintain a body temperature that's a little bit more tolerable for you and keep you from sweating, losing more fluids, etc. So, um, I hope, uh, Matt, you got anything else you want to add to this? Um, well, one more thing kind of along those lines of kind of helping to cool yourself is trying to drink like slushy water, you know, or, or sl- a slushy drink. You know, I'm not talking like, you know, the sugary slushy drink that you get from a gas station, you know, but like uh, a semi-frozen, um, you know, beverage of, again, water or Gatorade, something along those lines, because again, obviously that's colder than just drinking regular water. So that can kind of help bring that core body temperature down uh, as well. You know, and in, in addition to, again, those cooling towels and, you know, light colored cooling clothing, you know, you could obviously wear like a sun hat or like, you know, a breathable, you know, like a trucker hat or like a sun, like a full brim sun hat kind of a thing, you know, to kind of help keep yourself cool, uh, keep the, the sun off of your body are, are helpful as well. Okay, so hopefully that gives you enough. I don't think any of this uh, is rocket science, but sometimes we need to be reminded of things more than we need to learn new things. So um, take this stuff into the super hot temperature that we've been having and we'll have we'll, we'll have uh, for the rest of the summer here. So um, thank you guys so much for listening. Matt, thanks for joining me. And, uh, you know, I had a ton of fun with that. And, you know, it's nice to get this stuff done while we're in the car enjoying some beautiful scenery down here in Ohio but um, stay safe out there guys I hope uh, you know we can still see you this week at advantage I hope you're able to get outside and do the things that you want to do because that's part of the formula Um, that's all for today thank you so much for listening my name is Brian Sippitz until next time make sure you're training smart and follow the fit life formula three days of something you love to do two days of strength training and one workout that just sucks. Hope you have an awesome week and we'll talk to you soon.